0: This episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by PointsBet. Guys, it's finally here. Sports Drink and PointsBet have partnered up to bring you the world's greatest BTU-themed threads for the Bears season. Just imagine the blue and orange confetti cascading down from the rafters of State Farm Stadium while you're donning the greatest t-shirt known to man, a Bears Talk Underground t-shirt. And it's very simple. You got to go to sportsdrink.org slash shirts. Fill out the quick Google form, register for your points bet account and deposit at least $10. That's all it's going to cost you. You want to get your hands on this t-shirt and then finally you upload your proof of deposit uh, as well. Once you submit, our beautiful friends will have your shirt out the door and on the way to you. And once again, that is sportsdrink.org slash shirts. Once again, sportsdrink.org slash shirts guys. I'm in my 16th season doing this show. It's the first time I've had a shirt available for my podcast. I'm so proud to finally have one, and I want you to have it. So follow the steps and get yourself your very own Bear Stock Underground t-shirt today. And thank you to PointsBet for partnering up with Sports Drink, and thanks to PointsBet for sponsoring the podcast. <laughs> okay, kiddies, here is the deal. It's Monday morning. I uh, didn't do the show before I went to bed last night. I uh, was irritated with how the game went, and uh, you'll hear about that and the knee-jerk reactions. Uh, I just, uh, I'm uh, <laughs> I'm on vacation. I'm not really in the mood to do another here's why we lost uh, episode. So, you know, this is going to be about as bare bones as it gets. Um... Just I'm, just I'm just not in the mood. We, we've lost four in a row, um, three, uh, and, and all four of these last games. I mean, aside from the Dallas game, we had a shot at the end to win the game. You'll hear me say this in the knee-jerk reaction as well in the fourth quarter. It's like we had a chance to win the game. Offense came up short, but in, also at the same time, we shouldn't have been in the position where we needed to go and win the game at the end because of all the outside points that we're giving up. Because for the third week in a row, our offense outscored the amount of points the defense actually allowed. Only, you know, three weeks ago against Miami, we had the punt block that was returned for a touchdown. Last week against the, or two weeks ago against Miami, last week against the, the Lions, it was the pick six that the offense gave up. And then again today, or yesterday I should say, Falcons and Cordero Patterson ran a kickback for a touchdown. So, you know, as much as we want to bellyache and bitch about the defense, (laughs) if you look at it clearly, obviously the defense is the weaker of the two units right now. And the defense is giving up a lot of points. But truth be told, the last three weeks, The defense has given up less points than the offense has scored, but because of the outside points, we've lost every one of those games the last three weeks. So let's go ahead and and get this over with. Uh, I want to get my vacation on, get my vacation started uh, here, and uh, so I want to put this behind me so I can get off on the good foot. Um, Funny thing is I kind of like our chances against the Jets, On Sunday, I mean, their defense is rough, obviously. They only gave up three points yesterday, but they lost because why? They gave up a special team's touchdown uh, yesterday. Um, But their offense, obviously, is also struggling. And, you know, one of two things is going to happen on Sunday. Either the Bears are going to be the key that unlocks the New York Jets offense and they beat us uh, on Sunday, or... They're going to continue to struggle, and all our offense has to figure out is how to score a minimal amount of points against a good defense next week. So, I mean, and they also may be doing it with Trevor Simeon at quarterback. We'll talk about that as well. So let's go ahead and get this over with. This is the Week 11 review episode of the Bears Talk Underground. Let's get to it. Like I said, this won't take long. I, uh, I'm not interested in, in being long-winded uh, about things. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just not. You know, four in a row, the last three, we had a shot at the end, the last three. We watched the offense that had played so well throughout the ball game piss it down their leg like, like it were like as the old offense. Like it was the offense that couldn't get first downs against the commander's offense every week, every time, for the last three weeks. And don't get me started on the play calling on that last drive. But um, we come into this thing rather optimistic because the Falcons are almost the mirror image of the Bears as far as giving up a lot of points, not being able to do you know deliver much of a pass rush. But that was, of course, until they had a chance to play against our offensive line. Four sacks in the goddamn game. It's like, come on, man. Really? Really? Number one thing, I asked Rock, I was like, what was it that's, that's hurt the team you know, with the inconsistency, how some weeks they you know they can win a ball game and look good, and the next week they're they're bush league and, and exactly as bad as people thought they would be going into the season. His first answer: We don't have a pass rush. We cannot get to the quarterback. It's like, well, should have could have fooled me, man. Those guys were up Justin Fields' ass all day every day uh, yesterday. So great job, offensive line. This is not getting old at all. So, but you know, we both teams march right up and down the field on their opening drives, and just kind of gave you an indication, like, okay, that's what kind of ball game this is going to be. You know, it's like just, just like uh, Rock and I talked about when we, when we got together. It's like, yeah, it's going to be high scoring, and it's probably going to come down to who has the ball uh, last uh, in this one. I guess that maybe, you know, kind of like a a game of Madden. I I mean, I don't think either one of us was talking like 56 to 49 type of uh, Madden game, but uh, pretty close to what we ended up getting. (laughs) Knee jerk reaction. First quarter, Bears, Falcons, and uh, both defenses uh, proving to be their usual selves by letting both offenses march right down the field and put a opening drive touchdown on the board the Bears gave up a 10 play 75 yard drive capped off by a Drake London touchdown catch in the corner of the end zone and the Bears came right back down the field and Atlanta allowed the Bears to go on a on a shorter drive thanks to an outstanding return from Valus Jones Jr. who was taking over kick return duties from the injured uh Khalil Herbert um and and Justin Fields finds uh, Darnell Mooney wide open, corner of the end zone. Boom! It's seven seven. And then both teams stall out on their drives, and we just barely, just, just barely missed out on what would have been, I think, like a sixty-seven yard touchdown pass to Darnell Mooney on third and six. Uh, Mooney was wide open. The defender fell down chasing after. Mooney that might be that's definitely something you want to put a pin in that and come back to it because Mooney had one-on-one coverage he had a step on his guy even before he fell down that was going to be a huge play hopefully we see that again uh later on but what could have been Darnell's second touchdown pass was about a yard too far out in front of him he wasn't able to come down with it and on the ensuing punt uh DeAndre Houston Carson forces upon uh, a, a fumble that the Bears recover to take over in Atlanta territory at the 41 and they were able to run one play just before the end of the quarter so I think it'd be about second in five second and six at the let's say 35 36 yard line uh, of Atlanta in great field position already if we do nothing else it'd be a long field goal for Cairo Santos to give us the lead but Already loving what I'm seeing from special teams. Oh, and because I bag on him, I got to give him credit. An honorary bear up for Sam Mustafer because Justin Fields, for the second time this year, skipped a pass off of a defender's helmet that went straight up into the air, was going to be an interception by Grady Jarrett. And instead, Sam Mustafer comes in, knocks the ball out of his hands the very next play was Justin Fields hitting Mooney for that touchdown. So big ups to uh, Mustafa for making an outstanding play that uh, helped us score. But 7-7, Bears got the ball deep in Atlanta territory. Let's see how it goes from here. (laughs) So encouraging to see the offense pick up right where they left off, you know, being productive, moving the ball down the field, taking advantage of the short field afforded to them by the excellent return uh, from Valus Jones. Uh, answering the touchdown drive uh, that the defense had given up just be just before and and putting it in the end zone. Uh, it was only the first it's the first opening drive touchdown for the Bears since they went down the field on the Packers in week two. so nine weeks uh, we've been playing settling for field goals when we did score uh, on the opening drive. so it was nice to see a drive not stall out for us to answer. Uh, the touchdown that came from our opponent and basically reassert ourselves in the, uh, in the ball game. You know, Montgomery was was the, the main ball carrier on on the ground. Uh, Justin Fields sprinkled in some runs uh, on that opening drive. We uh, were able to move the ball down the field. and, and like I said, Mooney was wide open uh, on that uh, touchdown catch. And then the one that we just missed right before the end of the quarter, Uh, Turns out that, uh, I guess, Mooney didn't rotate himself out or wasn't rotated out to get a breather because he said the reason that he didn't run down that pass was that he was tired from the previous plays. Now, on one hand, I understand. And on the other hand, what the hell, man? It's like, really? It's the first quarter. How are you completely worn out already? I mean, it's not like we were on... Uh, the, the, like it was not play fifteen of a fifteen play drive, or anything. I think maybe it was like maybe the fourth or fifth play of the drive, and you're worn out already. So that was kind of disheartening to hear. And you guys know I love Darnell Mooney, but it's not. It's like maybe a little less honesty on that one. You know, just just say you you know you couldn't run it down or whatever. Don't say. I was tired from the previous. Like, really, dude? It's the first quarter. You're already run down. You can't. I mean, it's and it's not like, like I said, it's not like he was battling his uh, defender all the way down the field. Mooney was so wide open. It was ridiculous. Number one, he had a couple of steps on his guy to begin with. And then number two, the guy fell down. So even if it was one of those plays where Justin hung it up a little bit and he had to sit and wait for it. That guy's not getting to Mooney in time after he catches the ball. He can moonwalk his way into the end zone. That's how wide open he was. And he, just a little, a little too much honesty on that one from, uh, from Darnell. I would have rethought that one before putting it out into the world. I, um, I do not approve. So anyway, we get to the second quarter and things get off to a really great start. Uh, for the Bears, I mean, we we did nothing with that first with the turnover, unfortunately. But on the following two drives, on the two drives that followed, we put points on the board. Defense got us the ball back, but then at the after we go up seventeen to seven, the game flips, and one of those touchdowns uh, or one of those scores or those outside points, as I like to call them reared its ugly head that's how the falcons were able to draw even and totally flip the football game (laughs) knee jerk reaction second quarter bears falcons quite an eventful quarter lots going on with these teams we've got turnovers special teams touchdowns everything you you want here and some defense uh surprisingly from both of these uh teams you know the bears um basically had the Atlanta offense shut out. Ever since the opening drive, 10 plays, 75 yards, they, uh, before this final drive here, had only allowed 36 yards of offense before this last drive. The Falcons being turned away by the Bear defense. One of the more frustrating things, and it's it's something that I've been wanting to see from the Bears but also Atlanta. I don't know if Atlanta sees it coming, or if they, are, you know, if it's Mariota's veteran presence that is is helping with this. But the Bears are bringing blitzes, they're bringing pressure, trying to get to the quarterback. But every time that they've done it, they have failed to get to the quarterback, and the Falcons have seemed to either get the playoff off and or convert on these particular uh, plays. So either the Bears are are, are showing their hand. A little too early or they're just not getting just not just not getting it done um, especially when it comes to filling in the gaps of where the blitzer is coming from because that's where the hot route is going and that guy is always wide open so I mean I know it's the flaw uh, in blitzing but there's nobody filling in that gap to go where that guy was coming from until after the receivers made the catch and the Falcons have the first down however the Bears forced a couple of turnovers. As we know, we had one right at the end of the first quarter. We weren't able to do anything with that. We gave the ball right back to Atlanta. And, you know, we kind of started needing about 10 yards to get into field goal range and instead got, you know, uh, it was a, there was a, a, a throw to Ebner that was literally behind the line of scrimmage, a lateral that lost the yardage, and then Grady Jarrett sacked uh, just, But either way, it was 4th and 27 by the time we're finally putting the ball uh, back to Atlanta on that drive. However, it pinned Atlanta deep. And then when we got the ball back with decent field position, we were able to get it down the field. A bananas one-handed catch from Colcomit sets up the field goal for, um, for Cairo Santos. And then a Cordero Patterson fumble uh was caused by brisker recovered by jalen johnson leads to a touchdown drive about a five yard run or something like that for for fields to make it 17-7 and then on the ensuing kickoff cordell patterson redeems himself 100 yard kick return back for a touchdown to make it 17-14 the offense for the bears facing i mean it's funny because they're facing the worst defense they've faced so far um And, but Atlanta's actually decent against the run. Middle of the road, like 18th in the league. They're worse than the league in the pass defense. And we're running the ball uh, on every other play. And, you know, weren't able to get the job done. We give the ball back. Or actually, Santos just missed a field goal. 56 yards. Just barely went under the crossbar. Things It was like 55 or maybe even 54. That thing is over for the points. But... Atlanta in the hurry up was able to kick a field goal right at the gun, so we're tied at 17. So all of that going back and forth and the Bears going up by 10 and then giving it all back and everything. The good news is we start with the ball uh in the second half. See if we can get something going early, steal the momentum uh from jump. But uh, you know, exciting game 17-17 going back and forth. Let's see how the second half goes. <laughs> So two special teams failures to uh, start the, or or in the, in the second quarter, first, the kickoff return uh, for Patterson that kind of turned the game because when the bears took that, you know, they have the ten seven lead, they get the ball back from Atlanta and and because of the turnover and then are able to turn that into a touchdown to go up 17 to seven. The bears had all the momentum. We're playing well on defense the the offense is putting points uh, on the board I think we had what maybe five drives in the first half and three of them we got points two of them were touchdowns we're doing well and like I said the defense has shown up uh, for this one taking advantage uh, of uh, of the Atlanta offense and then the punt then the kick return happens and it changed the whole scope uh, of the game uh, the the, the and it didn't help that we that the second special teams failure was Santos missing that field goal. Now you can't for you can't be too mad at a guy for missing a fifty six yard field goal, but he didn't put his best foot into it. He even admitted after the game that uh, he said he got too much of the football because it was basically a fifty six yard line drive that just barely hit the bottom of the crossbar. If he hits that thing proper and it's end over end he probably could have been good from about 60 but instead he got a little too much of the football or got a little bit too high on the ball to to make the line drive and still just barely missed it but it gave Atlanta fantastic field position uh, i think they only had they they had one timeout but 56 yard field goal you're practically at midfield and you know it didn't take but a first down or two for Atlanta to put themselves in a spot to uh, tie the game before Uh, The half. So, again, not going to rag on Santos for missing a 56-yard field goal, but we're indoors. I mean, that's probably why they attempted it in the first place. No way they let Santos try to do a 56-yarder in Soldier Field. But we're indoors, no weather conditions or wind or anything like that to worry about, and he just didn't put – he just didn't hit it right, and so it goes bad. And instead of being up 20-14 to and kicking it off to – uh Atlanta uh instead they're going back the other way and they tie the ball game and, and and seemingly steal the momentum going into uh the half. So, I mean, it was a promising first half for the Bears and then disappointing all at the same time by how it ended. We were on a, a we the, you know, the Falcons go up 7 nothing, we go on a 17 to nothing run and then give up another 10 uh you know, give up a 10-0 run. So that it's tied and we lose all of our, our our momentum. Like the the Bears had all the momentum. You know, the fumble recovery, you know, forcing the takeaway, which the Bears haven't done much this year, taking that right back down the field, putting it in the end zone, and then Cordero Patterson stole it right back uh, with the kick return. I mean, not only did it ignite the team, the crowd was into the game, and so on. So, like I said, second half, we start with the football. And it it basically begins the Bears' demise uh, in the second half because it's obvious from the way the second half went, the Falcons made the adjustments that were needed in order to win the football game because what used to be a strong quarter for the Bears with our second-half adjustments and and so on turned out to be the beginning of the end because we got shut out in the third quarter. (laughs) Knee-jerk reaction, third quarter, Bears, Falcons, very disappointing quarter. Uh, for the Bears, you know, not getting it done on really either side of the ball uh, on this one. I mean, the Falcons only managed one score uh, in the half, but they've been they've been moving the football and the Bears on offense uh, before this first down that we just got, uh, 11 plays in the quarter, 11 yards is what the announcer uh, said. It's like, I think we've added just a little bit onto that uh, just before the end of the quarter here. But, uh, you know, the uh, the Bears just simply not getting it done. The offensive line is getting manhandled by that front of the Falcons. And, and what was it that Rock told us during the preview game or the preview episode was that, you know, uh, pass rush or lack thereof has been a major weakness for the Falcons. Well, they've been up Justin Fields' ass the entire game and they've got four sacks uh, and everything. So it's just one of those where whatever's ailing you, play the Bears. They'll fix it for you because the the Atlanta Falcons have an elite pass rush against the Chicago Bears offensive line. We're playing like hell uh, right now. The good news is we're only down one score. It's 24-17 to 17, uh, right now. Um, we're killing ourselves with penalties again. It's, it's you know, they had a roughing the passer call on the touchdown drive that's, Even the announcers disagreed with. They called it on Kyler Gordon because they're saying he went low on Marcus Mariota. Well, what happened was he was falling down as he was coming in. Another blitz uh, from Alan Williams. And he didn't hit him in the knees or, or anything like that. He fell to the ground and kind of grabbed Mariota around the legs as he was going down. And they flagged him for roughing the passer for that that and that was on third down too so it went from them attempting a field goal to getting a fresh set of downs that turned into a touchdown so I'm not going to say the referee screwed us on that one I'm just saying I don't like the call and you know we've got six or seven penalties to Atlanta's one I think or something like that so again penalties killing us Uh, special teams giving up more points again uh, and all that kind of stuff. So I mean, it's just one thing after another. As we enter the fourth quarter, we have the ball. We're at the at our own forty yard line. It's first and ten. See how it goes. Yeah. I don't know if it was a lack of execution when it came to those blitzes, but we were always late. Uh, you know, like I said, I don't know if it was because we tipped our hand too much that the you know the Falcons were able to pick it up, or if it was Mariota in year number eight. Uh, knowing how to handle uh such things or if if the, the the falcons were just prepared or whatever the situation was we we came with with pressure something that i've been dying to see from this offense because we can't get home with four we finally do it and we lose literally every time we did not sack the falcons once in this game that i'm aware of you know i can't think of of a of a of a moment I was like maybe one maybe, but i don 't even think it was off a blitz to be honest with you uh for for all the blitzing that we did we didn't get home one time that i 'm aware of uh Carla Gordon was as close as we got, and again i 'm not saying it, it wasn't as egregious as some of the other calls that the bears have been dealing with lately, uh you know just getting absolutely screwed uh with the with the calls uh and everything uh like that i just uh i i just it just it was a bad call it was a bad call so i mean it, despite that call we still had a chance to uh you know win at the end of the game and 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 all of the the rest of it it wasn't our death knell the the death knell for us was the special teams touchdown that took place earlier in the ball game uh it, it just uh Obviously it wasn't helpful, <laughs> but uh you know so that was a a major um disappointment to to see the bears finally bringing pressure and 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 attacking and being aggressive on defense and then getting way late every time they did it like it just you know lack of execution or we're, we're not coming fast enough uh, to 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 get to the quarterback and uh you know to put the pressure on and uh, and all that kind of stuff. Because they nailed it every single time they picked it up perfectly, and marietto's able to get the ball off and make us pay for it uh at the same time uh the the other thing with the um with with the third quarter the eleven plays for eleven yards before uh i think i think maybe we got a first down before the end of the quarter to to push it to twenty something but to to you know to to have absolutely no production whatsoever uh on offense uh in the in the third quarter, which, like I said, has been a good quarter uh for us I mean we put up the the fourteen points I believe it was last week on the on the lions uh in the third quarter, same thing with the um uh dolphins game uh the week before I think it was the third quarter that the uh that the sixty one yard run from from fields uh came in that game and and, and things like that that's what was Truly disappointing uh, about uh, about the production was that we basically disappeared in the third quarter. So, like I said, the second half adjustments battle, the Falcons won that one because it went from three scoring drives and five drives in the first half to no plays or no yards, barely any yards, and, and no points in the in the third quarter. It's what allowed Atlanta to to take control uh, of the football game. So. You know that's what was truly disappointing uh, about the third quarter is that it's been a good quarter for us pretty much all year, and that turned out to be the difference uh, in this one. You know, we we just uh, we fell short. They got a little bit of help from the referees on the on the roughing call, but it wasn't like um, you know as egregious as the, you know the 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 you know illegal hands to the face thing that erased Sanborn's interception last week or the no call on the pass interference to commit against the lions and then obviously the no call against the uh against the the dolphins with claypool and the call on Eddie Jackson of uh, you know for the pass interference there it's just we've been getting hosed by it and and it was something i was talking to my dad about last night i was like it just doesn't make sense that that the ratio is so heavy against the bears when it comes to the penalties it's like you know sometimes a team gets a reputation for being, you know, a more, the more penalized teams in the league. So those referees watch that team harder, and then you'll see. Like, or just remember for, for years and years and years, the Raiders were the most penalized team in the NFL, year in, year out, win win or lose. They were almost they were always the most penalized team uh, in the league. And it's like when you build a reputation like that. The, I think the referees watch you close and therefore the leash is so much shorter. And and I just think that that's something that the Bears may be a victim of. I'm not saying it's some kind of grand conspiracy. I'm just saying it's something that happens in the league. A team gets a reputation for being, you know, for having a lot of penalties called against them and it causes them to get more penalties called against them. You know, I, I think maybe because we were so egregious with it in the last couple of years under Nagy, especially, just absolutely killing ourselves with penalties and bad situations and we got a team off the field. whoop, nope, there was a defensive holding penalty in there somewhere and it's something that's carried over uh, into into the Eberflus era because if you guys remember week one against the 49ers, they were the one that, that piled in the in the penalties. and I think the Bears had one maybe two penalties in that game and it was a huge reason why we were able to come out ahead. Uh, on the uh, on the 49ers uh, that week. But, you know, here lately, it's one flag after another. Uh, it's one mistake after another. And whenever they show the replays, it's like, yeah, I, did, I, I don't think that, that that wasn't holding. That wasn't this. or I mean, with Jalen Johnson, it's like, that was not illegal hands to the face. He never touched his face. He basically, you know, checked him at the line of scrimmage, shoved him in the chest. He goes down like a ton of bricks, and it's it erases what could have stolen the game for the Bears uh, last week. So it's just, it's become an epidemic uh, with the Bears, and and I'm hoping that it it relieves itself soon because I don't think, I think, you know, if you go back and evaluate some of these calls that are going against the Bears, I think it's just the referees are calling it super tight against the Bears because of this so-called reputation, and then they're calling it fair with the Falcons. You know, or in some cases, not tight enough because I saw plenty of holding calls, uh, uh, you know, like on Mike Pennell uh, and everything. Like his number sixty four. Well, there was one play where he had he was wearing forty six at the end of it. That's how much he was being ripped on uh, by the offensive line. So, uh, and then finally, that was the other thing was that we lost this game in the trenches uh, on Sunday. They, we just we got manhandled on both sides. Our offensive line couldn't stop their pass rush, and they dominated us up front uh, on, on, on offense uh, as well. The Falcons, the Falcons' O-line uh, you know, didn't let those blitzes through, didn't let Mariota get sacked. Their running backs always had lanes to, to go through. I mean, they didn't gash us as bad in the running game as we have been uh, lately. But uh, when they needed the yards, they got it. And uh, like I said, on defense, a pass rush they couldn't generate uh you know any any pressure was up field's ass the whole day like remember at the end of the first quarter I was saying hey let's put a pin in that play for Mooney and come back to it because he had one-on-one coverage down the side you know even if the guy never falls he's still two steps behind Mooney and he catches the play and you know walks right in uh kind of thing we didn't have the time to go back to it you know there were moments where field had all day to throw the ball but that was more because he was running around like a chicken with his head cut off so we go into the fourth quarter like i said only down seven so there's no reason to be you know downtrodden or anything like maybe a little disappointed with how the third quarter went but going into the fourth quarter we had a chance uh we're only down seven they you know we're still we still have plenty of time to turn this thing around and make a football game uh, out of it in the end but in the end uh, we fell short once again, even though we had another opportunity to uh to tie or or, or win the game late. So. Knee jerk reaction fourth quarter, Bears Falcons, and for the third week in a row, the Bears offense comes up short in a last drive situation. Um in uh, against the Dolphins, it was the no call on the uh, was the no call on the pass interference uh, last week. It was just you know flat out not getting rid of the football and getting sacked. And on this one, it was it, it just didn't make sense. Something's wrong with Justin Fields. Um, the last touchdown because the Bears scored a touchdown. Uh, on their last offensive drive and you know Fields wasn't running when he had chances to run he wouldn't run and but he was extending the plays keeping himself alive he was five for five on the drive and you know that that, that got polished off by a Montgomery touchdown run but he wasn't taking off in spots where you would expect him to take off and it's just like you see him grabbing his hamstrings, and then on you know, we come out on this drive, we got a minute 47 and two timeouts, three timeouts uh, to go. And the first two plays were designed runs, and you can see Justin Fields is not a 100 percent. It's like, what are we doing? We're also at our own 25. Why aren't we throwing the football? And then on third and four, Fields throws the ball, but he puts it up a little too high for Montgomery. It's tipped into the hands of a defender. And that's it. And the Falcons just got their first down. That basically puts the game away. So third week in a row, we, we had a chance at the end to, uh, to to possibly drive it down the field for game-tying, game-winning uh, type situation. And three weeks in a row, we come up short. And, and now we all have to worry about what's going on with our quarterback because he's been hobbled by, you know, something's going on with his legs. And then on the last drive, you see him reaching for his, his non-throwing shoulder, his left shoulder. So who the hell knows now? But either way, third week in a row, the Bears choked their ass. Third week in a row, some non-offensive points scored against them ends up basically being the difference in the ball game. The pick six to Okuda last week. The, you know, block punt against the Dolphins and now the Cordero Patterson kick return uh, in this one. Third week in a row this has happened to us. So it's just, you know, it's, it's like on one hand, yes, the offense has failed to meet the task once again. But also, in a lot of ways, they never should have been in the position in the first place if not for other mistakes that ended up killing us. And there you have it. Uh, the, the outside points, as I've been calling them, is it's what's ultimately killed uh, the Bears. Because when you go back and look at it, even with all the belly aching that we've done over the defense the last few weeks, the Cowboys game aside where they gave up 42 points and we only scored 29, the last three weeks... Our offense was able to outscore what the defense actually allowed, but it was the outside points and they were all touchdowns too. That's the real bitch of it. Was the outside points didn't result in, you know, field goals or whatever. Those were touchdowns on all three occasions. The block punt, the pick six, the kickoff return, those were all touchdowns. So it's not like we turn over the football and then uh, you know, it's a field goal or something like that. It's like, no, the mistakes that we've made have been big and have come back to hurt us uh, more than anything. And it, it just, uh, we got to tighten that up. We got to tighten that up. We're giving away free points uh, in, in these games where, you know, I know this, there's the silver lining here, guys. And, and, and I was talking to my dad about this tonight we had uh, last night i should say it's like we are having such a weird season as a fan base because we're 3 and 8 and we're not and we're not livid like we normally would be under regular circumstances we knew that this team wasn't probably going anywhere this year so what we really wanted to see progress out of the quarterback and you know, some movement out of the offense that we've struggled with so much, even under the offensive guru known as Matt Nagy. We, we just wanted to see Justin Fields and the offense kind of come together, and then next year when we can put some, you know, when we have draft capital and cap space, maybe we can add another weapon or two, really get this thing rolling in 2023. We've kind of always been looking forward to 2023, even before the regular season started. Because we're seeing the progress from Justin Fields, because he's become a, such a dominant player, especially over the last month or so, the fact that we've been shitting the bed in the fourth quarter is annoying, but not as bothersome as it would be on in any other year. Literally in any in any end of the year, I'd be at the top of my lungs bitching about how we're playing uh, on defense, top of my lungs about how we keep giving up these these free points, these outside points. That, are, that end up being the death knell week in uh, and week out because the silver lining is Justin Fields looks like a Pro Bowl franchise quarterback right now, and we currently sit, I think, with the third overall pick in the draft right now, which means we're going to get immediate help, or so one would think, drafting in that spot. Or we can get even more immediate help if Ryan Poles is like, hey, I'm sitting here at number three. Who wants uh, Bryce Young or the, that kid from Tennessee or, you know, whatever, uh, you know, whoever the quarter the hot quarterbacks are, Bryce Young, uh, C.J. Stroud, uh, whatever. I think the Tennessee kid hurt himself over the weekend, actually, now that I think about it. Either way. But it's like I'm sitting up here at number three. Who wants to come get him? And it would only cost you, like, a pick from next – a couple of picks from next year, including a one, maybe a two. Uh, your first pick this year and maybe a, th- a second and a third round, but, you know, to get a King's ransom so that he can really build up uh, the, you know, the build through the draft like he wants to and, and, you know, build a solid foundation uh, to build under. So it's, it's not the worst thing in the world. And like I said, it's the silver lining because Justin Fields having the year that he's having being as, as dominant as he has becoming the focus uh, of the offense gives us hope for next season. But we sit here, and and, and I think it's also because uh, one thing that Ryan Poles did is, like, most of this team, even though it's completely overhauled from what it was last year, most of the guys on this team are on one-year deals. Or are, are a lot of them are in a spot they only got one year left on their contracts. A la Montgomery... Uh, and things like that, or a lot of these guys, we can cut bait and move on if you want to. Cody White Eddie Jackson, uh, you know, and all that kind of stuff. It's just like we can really finally purge what's left of Ryan Pace's roster, uh, and and you know, totally build this thing in his mold with guys that he wants to go through the go through this thing with long term. So, you know, it's it's an odd season that we're having as a fan base. It's like usually in the midst of a four game. Losing streak. I'm at the end of my. I'm at the end of my wits here, and I kind of am right now. But at the same time, third overall pick. Justin Fields is playing like a stud. Everything else is, you know, and all the you know cap space, draft capital. The first draft, you know, did very well. We have got an undrafted rookie free agent uh, playing a linebacker right now, who's an absolute stud, being more productive than the guy he replaced uh, in Roquan. He's just not a special athlete like Roquan is. So I mean it's Ryan Ryan Poles has all my faith right now every last bit of it. So I, I just uh, was remarking how it's crazy, uh, you know, the, this this ass backwards kind of season that we're having as a as a fan base because this this is like three and eight. We should be calling for people's jobs or somebody should be replaced or this guy's an idiot or or whatever. And instead, it's like, hey, number three pick, one hundred twenty mil. Gap space, all our graph capital, blah blah blah, and we're in a position to draft you know to trade back and get even more and so on and so forth. So hey, we're just making our way through it. So yeah, it's, uh, it's weird. And speaking of what was going on with fields there at the end, turns out that the issue with his legs, thank God, was cramps. He was cramping up uh, at the end of the uh, ball game. And you know, interesting, they're in an indoor facility and all that kind of stuff. But uh, you know, he was cramping up, so that was the issue. He didn't, he didn't, you know, pull a hamstring or, or you know, or he wasn't dealing with a knee issue or an ankle or, or whatever. It was cramps. So you know, get him an IV, he's good to go. But obviously, now the shoulder injury is is what is the uh, main concern. And here it is, nearly eleven o'clock on Monday, and I haven't heard anything about any updates with, with with what's going on with it, if there was an MRI or, or, or what have you, uh, to find out what's going on with that shoulder or what uh, Fields' initial status for next Sunday is. But, you know, the play calling at the end, what the hell was that? Obviously, he's struggling. He was struggling. And like I said, that, that touchdown drive, the spots where Fields would be destroying the defense, running for yards and everything, he, I told him, <laughs> I talked to my dad a lot last night. I, it just, I said he, he was like Nick Foles. Like there's this impenetrable force field at the line of scrimmage he refuses to try to cross. Like that one play to Equinemia St. Brown, it was third and eight, third and ten, uh, whatever it was. Fields ran around in the pocket avoiding defenders for 12 seconds before he threw the ball uh, to Brown, who ended up getting the first down and extending the drive so that we could score a few plays uh, later, 12 seconds earlier in that ball game, he would have been running around and, and just, you know, getting those yards himself instead of, you know, risking a throw and, and, and all that kind of stuff. So you obviously could see something was up with fields on that drive. It's like, just run, just run. And he didn't run. He waited. He runs around a little bit more, which is what was so confusing about it, is that he's running around to avoid. Contact, So it's not like he was cemented into the ground and the defense uh, came to get him or the offense of line had to hold for 12 seconds. He was running around to avoid the contact, but rather than run, he stayed behind the line of scrimmage and waited until receivers got open in the schoolyard type football that he was playing there at the end. Had this brilliant play uh, to Montgomery where, you know, Montgomery's one-on-one with well, I think he was being covered by a defensive end as far as the coverage and everything was concerned. You you literally see him point to Montgomery to go downfield. When he does, he turns around. He's running down the sideline. Fields puts a beauty of a pass right in the in the in the sweet spot uh, for for Montgomery. Uh, got there in plenty of time for him to brace himself for the safety that was closing in. Beautiful play uh, by Fields. But instead, normally. That would have been one of those spots with a defender that's got his back to Fields. Fields is going to run that every single time, and he didn't because of what was going on with his legs. You see him bending down, reaching and touching his hamstrings and, and things like that. He's on the sidelines with that little you know knob contraption, you know, rubbing massaging his muscles uh, on the sideline and everything. Turns out it was cramps, um, but it's a it's a possible AC joint sprain or maybe even a, a an injured collarbone. Uh, that uh, he dealt with um, as a result of those running plays that we were running in at the end of the ballgame. So anyway, there you have it, guys. Falcons win it 27-24. The Bears come up short once again. The outside points are a killer uh, for the Bears. We move on to the Jets before we come home to take on the Packers. And finally, a much-needed buy for our beloved squad. So... uh Let's go ahead and wrap this thing up with everybody's favorite segment. It's the closer bear up, bear down. Bear up and bear down for week number 11. And, uh, let's just get things started off. It's, uh, you know he's 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 not as special uh, an athlete. Uh, it's not sexy, but he gets it done, and that's Jack Sanborn. Who uh, you know, I hope he's playing himself into a spot for the future. That uh, this isn't somebody that that Polls is going to feel the need to replace in the draft or uh, free agency. So maybe he drafts somebody that will be a a uh, you know depth piece or something. But I don't think that. Uh, if I'm Ryan Poles, I'm not looking to out and out replace, uh, you know, Sanborn unless I just, there's somebody that I can't miss uh, to, to put in his place. He's, he's been playing outstanding uh, since uh, Roquan left. So bear up Jack Sanborn. Bear up Jaquan Brisker, another young piece on that defense is playing well. Uh, forced the fumble for Cadero Patterson that we turned into a touchdown. To take that 17-7 lead Um, is a solid blitzer. But then again, you know, nobody got home on the blitz on Sunday, so that was kind of disappointing. But he's been been a stud uh, for us, an outstanding pick uh, so far. Bear up, Darnell Mooney just barely missed on that deep ball in the first quarter, but an amazing catch in the corner of the end zone on that first drive. And, you know, still an outstanding player for us. Bear up Cole Komet, a bananas level, or a bananas, uh, you know, Odell Beckham level catch. Because uh, not only did he snag it with one hand, he came down with it as he was getting crashed into. As, as soon as he caught, catches the ball, there's the safety right there with the contact. He hangs on to it. Big play, sets up the field goal uh, in the second quarter. Uh, bear up David Montgomery. Didn't crack the century mark on the ground game, but uh, his his rushing and receiving totals, I think, put him around 110, 120 uh, for the game, and he had the touchdown that tied it up uh, in the fourth quarter. And then bear up Justin Fields. Um, if he's not having his leg issues in the fourth quarter, he cracks 100 yards again because he finished with like 85 yards rushing and he could have easily gotten the 15 he needed to go over 100 yards on that last drive. Especially, like, literally on that play to Equinemius, St. Brown, he could have easily gotten those yards there. That's how wide open the field was when he was, like, like maybe he still fights and, and tries to, uh, you know, find somebody, but eventually, maybe in half the time, and maybe in six seconds instead of 12, he takes off running, gets the yards that he needs, and, in. uh, but that whole drive, like I said, the, the play to, to Montgomery where he, he points on Montgomery to go downfield, as soon as that defender turns his back to Fields, Fields is running. In any other circumstances, he's running with that defender's back to him and, and making the defense pay huge uh, for that. At the very least, he's using Montgomery as a decoy to get the defense out of the area he wants to run into. And then, like I said, on that throw to Equinemia St. Brown, he could have easily gotten those yards uh, with his feet. Uh, as well so he could have broken the 100 yards but you know the leg cramps apparently were hindering him quite a bit uh, on that drive so he stayed in the pocket as much as he could and uh, was still able to get it done and uh, you know 14 of 21 is not a bad day Um, you know 67 percent completion 153 yards the touchdown uh, to uh, Mooney ran in the touchdown for himself so another I think I think he's tied the NFL record five games in a row with a rushing and a passing uh, touchdown and uh, in a good spot next week with the Jets to do it again if he's healthy enough to go. But um, we'll have to wait and see uh, on that one. Bear Downs, uh, you know, Luke Getze, number one. Where the hell is Chase Claypool? We gave up a second-round pick for the guy. I know we're only three games into his Bear career. But I got to think, even though he had two small catches in this one, he had, I think, 19 reps against the Dolphins when we literally traded him from like four days earlier. He had fewer reps in the Lions game. And then I would wager he had even fewer reps in this game against the Falcons. Like, I just didn't see him out there. So, we going to use the guy or what? You know, so the, the extreme lack of Chase Claypool... We're, we're, we're going against the worst pass defense in the NFL and I know that that turned out not to be the case for the most part with their with their pass rush beating up our offensive line and I'll get to them in a second but Chase Claypool would seem like he would be the perfect guy for a, for a secondary that is struggling to guard anybody to give Claypool a few of those 50 50 balls those you know contested catches uh, and whatnot seems to play right into our hands and we didn't do it. We didn't even try. So, you know, we got to do something about that. And then what the hell were you thinking with the design runs on that last drive? Didn't you talk to him on the sidelines to see how much he was struggling with the cramps? Jesus Christ, man. First play of that drive is when he hurts his shoulder. He's on this designed run, gets knocked out of bounds, falls on the shoulder. He's screwed for the rest of the drive. I mean, come on. You got to do better than that. And then the other Bear Downs go to the offensive and defensive line. They got their asses kicked yesterday on both sides. You know, the, the defensive line, no pass rush whatsoever. Uh, offensive line, a team that couldn't get any pressure on anybody else was up our quarterback's ass all day long. So a just an utter failure across the board in the trenches is what really ended up costing us this football game. And then to close things out on a positive note, most valuable bear I gave to Montgomery you know he, he, was, uh, he was he was he he was justin field's number one weapon passing and uh, running uh, the football uh, scored the touchdown in the fourth quarter that got us even uh, you know and gave us a chance there at the end but uh, you know and even though it was his hands the uh, the interception went off of uh, in the end like I said shouldn't have been in that spot to begin with we don't give up that kickoff return to Patterson, we win the game, period. So, Anyway, guys, that's going to do it. Week 11 review episode of the Bears Talk Underground. Come on back tomorrow on Tuesday when uh, we'll review the rest of Week 11. Lots of upsets and surprise finishes uh, out there. After the Sunday night game, I am 7-6. and six. And ironically enough, so is my mom, and we're both taking the 49ers tonight. So either way, we're gonna to have to have Mom back for the tiebreaker because we got oh, I would be o, 01 and one against Mom no matter what because we're gonna tie this week. We're either gonna be eight and six if the 49ers win or seven and seven if Arizona uh, wins. So either way, we're tied because I think we had six disagreements and we split them. So what are you gonna do? So we'll see if we can get Mom back for, uh, for this week and, and see how that goes. But uh, come on back to hear my rundown. The rest of the games uh, in the NFL tomorrow. And uh, we'll close the book on week 11 and get ready for week number 12. So that's going to do it, guys. Until then, my name is Larry D. And this has been Bear's Talk Underground.